0: just um continue where i started last week and i'm trusting that um god is it's very difficult these days to keep momentum um you know because everyone is not at church and cannot be at church it's it's um it's for good reason um so um so i'm trusting that god is still allowing some um, bricks or building blocks um within us and and helping us to get to where he wants us this year to go um and so please bear with me as I'm going to do even some recap on, on last week. Um, and, uh, and then we'll, we'll make sure to, uh, to grow. Amen. Let's just quickly stand. Let's quickly stand. Hi. you on. Good to see you, man. <laughs> yeah. Come and sit here next to me, Juan. Um, so let's, um, let's just bow our heads. Father, we thank you for your love. Uh, in our lives this morning we we trust that you will speak right into our hearts father we've got no desire to to do our own thing father god we want to do your thing we don't want to please man we want to please you and father we pray this morning that uh, we will have the fear of god in our lives that we will experience you in such a way that we will only be um, father god focus on you uh, we pray now in Jesus' name that uh, you will be here this morning with us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I just uh, want to encourage somebody. I know there was other words that uh, went out this morning as well. Um, but um, I just see somebody walking with a fruit basket, you know, picking the fruit from the trees, and uh, it's always half full. And it's um, it's almost as if God says, listen, I I want... You to experience the full basket. I want you to not be satisfied with half. I want you to actually uh, take all of it and um, and flow with it. So, um, guys, take that um, and um, and let's let's trust God to to really take us to the next level. Okay, I want to talk about Moses first of all because that's where we ended last week. Uh, Jan, it's really nice to have you here. <laughs> it's such a blessing, It's a blessing. Uh, I want to just uh, recap on last week. So one of the things that um, that I want to just lay before you is we are learning from the giants in the faith. And uh, we're trusting that the following few weeks, God is just going to reveal to us a few things that we must set straight in our own hearts. Now, I want to say to you, I'm not preaching at you. I'm preaching... Um, uh, uh, with you because I'm also talking to myself about a lot of these things. So when I um, you know examine the things that I'm talking about this morning and that I spoke about last week i uh, I'm trusting that we're going to all recognize these things because it's not just one thing I believe that there's a few things that God wants to set straight and um, I believe that we are really in the times where God is going to give great revelation but with that there's also a lot of deception and there's a lot of deception going around and we will have to talk about these things in order to get it right so we spoke about faith and getting into the promised land and especially with moses you know um, that moses missed the mark at the end um, not getting to the promised land uh because of a lack of faith it said and we 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 mentioned that last week as well. The only guys that got over the Jordan was um, actually the guys with faith, the guys that came back with a good report, and um, and so uh, the lesson that we need to take out of it is as well that God also wants us to to step out in faith and trust Him to um, to get over the Jordan, um, but also to um, to to be careful in Moses's um, life. It was so important because one of the gifts that he had, and and I want to be very gift-specific this morning as well, one of the gifts that he had was to be overprotective, a really shepherd's heart, a leader that was willing to take the people from Egypt to the promised land, but he always fought for the people. He always, um, I want to remind you of the fact that he was the one to stop God and say, God, listen, God, please don't destroy them. Uh, please God, let them um, not receive your wrath. Uh, we know about the story of even the incense and the burning incense, and they started to, to die by the thousands. And um, and then uh, Aaron had to run with the incense, um, with the fire, and, and he had to uh, prevent the angel of death to come over all of them. Uh, so So throughout the whole road with Israel, we see that, um, the same gift that God gave Moses, uh, the gift of really caring and, and the gift of being um, God's you know, priest, um, representing the people to God, was his downfall. The fact that at the end, his frustration with the people got to a point where he hit the rock. And it says that because of faith, he and Aaron did not go into the promised land. And so they died with the others who could not um, step out in faith. And it's a challenge because, especially for us that, um, that are really, yeah, with shepherd hearts, we must recognize that, um, you know, obedience to God is the most important thing, you know. And, uh, and to, to walk out in faith and trust God for, for you know, His will to be established uh, because God wanted to actually just get rid of the whole generation that still had Egypt in their lives, that still wanted to live in the wilderness, that was complaining and moaning the whole time about what's not right. God said, no, listen, let's just get rid of them and let's move on with those who wants to go into the promised land and are willing to walk in faith. So, So what Moses did was a noble thing. We must say to one another today that Moses did not fail in his gifting, but he failed in, the same, very same gifting in in taking it so serious that he missed God's plan for his life. Are are you with me? Because the conversation that I want to have with you this morning is that until the church of God in these days can get to an understanding of the giftings and the promises that God brings in all the giftings and the collective um, working of it, we'll never be able to be the apostolic church that God has called us to be. And uh, so we'll talk about a few of them um, the the next few weeks. Um, 1 Corinthians 12 verse 18 says, but as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. So let's just get this straight this morning. For each one of you being here, God has chosen you for a certain purpose. Are you with me? You've not maybe been separated yet for that purpose because you are growing into it and God wants to bring you to a place where you can flow in that gifting. But until then, God is going to shape and form you so that you can experience the fullness of what he wants for your life. Are you with me? But whatever God does in your life, and I, I just want to say to you, if God has chosen you for a purpose, no man can prevent you from getting to that place. Okay, you might think that um, you know, that even Donald Trump Is so amazing that he's got um, the skill set to, uh, you know, to uh, get all the votes toward himself. Um, but let me tell you, it's only God that appoints leaders wherever, (laughs) it's only God that releases people in their giftings and callings according to his plan and his choosing. So, if we talk about your life and what it represents this morning. You must be obedient to what God has called you to to do. Uh, And yes, that includes everyone around you. And we'll talk about it this morning. Um, But it's God's sovereign choice that is important that you must keep in mind. Okay. But God does have a plan for your life. And, um, And you must be faithful to explore that and to get to the fullness of what it means. It is because God... Uh, Because of God's sovereignty, not human's worthiness or persistence in requesting a position. His goodness, and this is what um, Bill Hammond says, His goodness is manifested in His gifts and callings. His severity is revealed in the process of raising a person to a commission for their calling. Okay. I want you to get this one. His goodness is manifested in his gifts and callings for people. Okay, so God manifests himself and his goodness towards you and me for releasing us in those giftings that we have. Okay, those plans that he has for our lives. And if we flow in it, we receive, and we always say, Joachim, he's a good master. He's amazing. <laughs> but his severity is revealed in the process of raising a person to be commissioned for their calling. Now, this is the tough one. <laughs> And, uh, and I'm going to talk a little bit about it today because I think we sometimes underestimate what difficult circumstances and um, times in our lives produce within us. And we even don't want to hear that God is a God of severity <laughs> in our lives uh, because it's a lot easier just to go through the motions of um, of life um, being good to us, blessed, and um, and so sometimes it goes, uh, you know, not so well with us. And God used those things in our, in our lives. Um, but also with this, I want to say that with this gifting that you receive, there's always a counterfeit anointing that the enemy brings into your life. Um, and this is what every man of God, every anointed man of God will experience in his lifetime, is that if anything... The enemy will come like a flood against you because he will steal the very same thing that you are gifted to do. So, if you are called to be an evangelist, guess what? He's going to steal your confidence. Elizabeth, Elizabeth is an evangelist. I can tell you. I can just every time we go to the street, she's uh, the one that gets it right. Okay, um, he will steal your confidence. Okay, it will not allow you to find your identity within that which God has called you to. If you are a prophet, you will always hear that you don't hear God correctly. (laughs) And you will come to a place of of even surrendering to the lies of the enemy that says that you can't do it. Okay, are you with me this morning? It's very important that we flow together. Amen. Okay, so... There's always a counterfeit anointing that the enemy also brings in our lives so that we don't fulfill the promises that God has for us. And so with that, we must also say to one another, when we start to walk in the promise that God has for our lives, that we will be responsible for what we have received. So the more of a revelation that you get also and the anointing of God starts to flow in your life, the more God will keep you responsible. Okay. Let me just read the scripture because you don't believe me. Luke chapter 12, verse 48, uh, the, the second part, everyone to whom much was given of him, much will be required. And from him whom they entrusted much, they will demand more. So, so what the enemy does in our lives, he always comes to steal the very same thing that God um, wants to bless in us. Matthew 13, verse 29 to 30. But he said, "Not, no, lest in gathering the weeds, you root up the wheat along with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at harvest time, I will tell the reapers, gather the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned. But gather the wheat into my barn. Okay. I want you to, uh, to move with me this morning. So, um, if you look at farming and seeds, and it's very important to, to note that when you get weeds among the, the seeds, <laughs> you can't really recognize those seeds of the weeds until it, actually germinates and it starts to grow. Now one of such plants is for instance the horn um, plant. Um, and there's, um, there's actually a, a, a counterfeit plant that almost looks like it called the, the Johnson um, uh, uh, grass. Now this Johnson grass would grow until about um, knee height and then it will start to spread and kill all the, 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 the corn um, plants that is around it. Now, this is quite known that, um, that its root system also starts to feed off the, the corn um, root systems, and it takes all the nutrition out of the ground so that the, even if you cut it down, so there's a choice that you can make, uh, you can either uproot it when it's about knee height, because it's very difficult when, you, when it starts to grow to actually differentiate between the plants. So you need to let it grow and then you see the difference at about knee height. And if you uproot that Johnson uh, grass, it's always a problem because it also uproots the oh. corn plant. So you've got a choice. Either you then take it out and hope that anything will stay behind for any corn to to grow. Or what you can do is you can cut it just above the roots and then with the hope that at least the the corn plant will grow and have the kind of fruit that at least would not be as good as it should be because the nutrition still will be uh, stolen from it because of the roots of that Johnson uh, grass plant because the roots still keeps on growing. So it still steals and it still sprouts, but at least you you don't have those um, seeds of that Johnson um, grass plant to actually also then germinate again and you know create even more of a problem in the future. So you can do that; you can cut it down, and, and most of you know the uh, the farmers would do that. They would go and cut it down, but they will understand that only after that crop was um, brought into the harvest, they will then go and plow the ground and they will make sure to take all of those roots and especially the um, the wrong um, stuff, they will make sure to burn it. Okay, but that can only happen after the produce is um, produced. Now if you keep this in consideration with where we find ourselves as Christians, I want to tell you that many times there's, and and we're not talking about bad and good people here. We're talking about things that grows in our own lives that become so infested with the rest of our growth that we sometimes come to a point where we realize, okay, these are not growing here. The nutrition that should go to the corn... (laughs) is now going to the weeds, and uh, I find myself not even recognizing the work and the full fruit that is produced through the Johnson um, grass in my life. Are are you with me? Mm. But the only way that you can get rid of it, because not even poison will help you, (laughs) because if you are going to try to use poison, the only uh, phase that you can do that is when it's a little plant, and then you still have the um, the risk of you going to kill also the corn um, plant. So so the only option that you have is to cut it just above the, the, the roots. But the, you also know that the fruit of that corn will not be as good as it should be. And many of us get so used to, and I'm talking about myself as well, so please, guys, um, we spoke last week about Egypt and about the wilderness, and leaving things behind, the only way that you will get to the freedom that God wants in your life, and produce the kind of crop that is fruitful, that shows fruit, is to get to the winter months. Because the winter months will allow you to uproot whatever is not right. Okay, I think, um, Andre, you spoke about it last weekend as well. Don't think you go into a next season, and you don't deal with the root issues in your life. Mm. <laughs> so, so let's talk about leaders here. Um, this thing that happens in Moses's life is a thing that grows on him all the time. <laughs> you know, there's a place where he felt so much for the Israelites that he killed the Egyptian <laughs> because of his overprotectiveness over the people of God. Are, are, are you with me this morning? Mm-hmm. Certain things grow within our lives, and it's the very same things that makes us to be gifted that at the end is our downfall if we don't allow these things to be dealt with. And so one of um, these um, uh, uh, um, pictures that I want to lay before you uh, this morning is uh, that of Elijah. Now, I know we spoke about it, I think, at your dedication of your child, um, Sophiso, the whole story of Elijah, and it's um, in, chap- in 1 Kings chapter 17 to 19, and I, I, I can't read it this morning. We don't have enough time for that. But please, this week, if you can go and read it, make an effort to again go into the story of Elijah. You know, I love Elijah's story because it's so typical of us, you know, that wants to be anointed and do great things for God, but we don't have the maturity to actually carry the anointing that God wants to place upon our lives. And you know what? Most Christians in the society that we are in today don't want to work at character. They just want the anointing. And we are a McDonald's society that really just wants things to happen for us. Um, you know, i it's the instant, if you do an Instagram, you want a thousand hits immediately. Uh, you want the results not to happen one day. It must happen now. And we're not willing to wait Till the winter months, where God allows us to actually be shaped and formed to a place where He can transform our lives. And so, if I look at Elijah's life quickly, um, um, a beautiful man of faith, one of the fathers of the faith that we, um, you know, often refer to. And Elijah, you know, Elijah's coming is very important in the last days, even. Um, but what I can tell you is. He's a man, of, a man of faith, of obedience to God's voice, prayer, standing for what, what is right, putting God first. He's speaking about it a lot these days, is how do we put God first? This is a man that could put God first. This is a man that actually got it right. Uh, if you look at the picture of the 850 uh, Baal prophets that he um, confronted and he put God first. He's the one that said, listen, no, 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 no. Let, let's have a contest. Yeah, I'm willing to take the risk to uh, to put God first, and I'm willing to take it in such a way that my career is on the line. Yeah, <laughs> if I get it wrong, there's no profit left um, in me. Okay, I'm going to uh, to really put my life on the line. Yeah, and we see the beautiful thing that happened here, where God struck the eight eight hundred and fifty. Um, um, Baal prophets because of um, them actually, you know, not being as uh, potent as they wanted to be um, by, um, you know, bringing fire from from heaven. And then he kills, um, Ahi, he makes the offering to burn. And then uh, Elijah went down on those 850 um, prophets and he, uh, Baal prophets and killed all of them. Okay, mighty man. This is the man. We're talking about the anointed man. That does great things for God, and uh, and then the the very same Elijah is the one who who outruns the chariots, and the horses of Ahab, and uh, you know, and he's uh, he's doing these great things for God, and we also know that after three years he he says, okay, the drought will stop. Um, the very same drought that he actually proclaimed. <laughs> um, so, this is not a man to, to play around with. Mm. <laughs> this is not a man that you can get it wrong with. This Elijah is really an anointed man. I mean, he takes up his, um, his skirt and he uh, starts to run and he outruns these horses and, uh, you know, he's there before, before they could even reach the king. <laughs> There's amazing stuff that happens to this man's life. But this very same Elijah comes against Jezebel at this moment and she says to him, listen, let me tell you, whatever happened to these Baal prophets will happen to you very, very quickly. I will make sure. And this very same man starts to run away from Jezebel all the way. And we've heard it last year. That was actually the year before already. eh? It's are growing up, man. (laughs) And he runs from the northern province through the southern province, the, 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 the province of uh, Judah, uh, because we know that um, you know, they were divided at this time. He runs through the southern province into the wilderness, three days into the wilderness, and then he goes and sits down under a tree, and he starts to moan and groan, and he says to God, please let me die. Now, how does this work? And it's not that he really wanted to die. We know the story. Um. If he really wanted to die, he would have stayed in the northern (laughs) province (laughs) so that Jezebel can sort him out. Uh, He sits under this tree because of the opposition of the very same thing that he's gifted him. He's doing great exploits to God. And as soon as there's a threat over his life, he starts to retaliate. (laughs) And this is where he starts to sulk. And um, we know that Elijah goes, um, you know, up, onto the mountain of Mount Horeb. Now, you know, Mount Horeb was a, a very significant place for, for Israel because uh, Mount Horeb was also the place where Moses met God to get the Ten Commandments with fire and, you know, smoke and stuff happened. Big things happened on Mount Horeb. <laughs> so if you wanted to make a statement, you go to Mount Horeb and you make sure to do something right there. So Elijah, in his plans to be this mighty prophet and the only prophet, because remember, for Elijah, he said the whole time, I'm alone standing for God. I'm the only one standing for God. And what we must realize in in um, Elijah's life at this stage is that I see so many of my... many. So so much of myself and so much of, you know, even the church of God within Elijah's life. As soon as the anointing and we don't hear God's word, you know, or we get a position in what God's saying, we start to run. And it's here where Elijah then meets God. And it's here where he goes into the cave and he has the cave mentality. We rather hide away from everything that God, you know, stands for. And, um, and God starts with the wind and the storm. And mighty things happen around the cave. And then the next moment, the small, still voice of God speaks to Elijah. Now, the reason why I'm using this um, example to you this morning is... Um, Maybe you've got the, the gifting of the prophet. You know, maybe you're very anointed to even hear his, his voice. The only challenge that, that I see from time to time is that people that are even so good at hearing his voice don't want to be opposed because they want to, uh, to also get the recognition that I'm the only one that hears from God. And this is what happens in Elijah's life because the next moment God says to him, listen, stop your nonsense, get out of the cave. <laughs> First of all, the second thing is start to hear what I'm saying because I want to reveal to you what's going to happen next. And then God speaks to him and he says to him, you're going to crown the next king in the northern province. That's going to replace some Ayab. And then you're also going to, um, to go to, uh, to the Assyrians and you're going to also anoint the um, your your um, successor. You're going to anoint Elisha because he's going to do the great things that you've actually been called to do, to sort out he, Jezebel. <laughs> and we know that the beautiful thing is because he repented and he, um, he was obedient, God actually allowed him to, at the end, um, anoint Elisha and that Elisha actually fulfilled the very same things that God has called Elijah for and even greater things. And uh, so maybe not in his generation, but after him, beautiful things happen. Now, last week we heard as well, David was such a man. David, David's whole story, his whole dream, his whole existence was about building God's house. But he missed the opportunity to build God's house because just You know, um, just before he could do so, he sinned and he missed the mark. And God says to him, yes, listen, uh, you've repented. And I'm going to, for that, take away the child that um, Batsheba um, has. Um, But I will be gracious to you. And the generations after you will be able to fulfill the dream and purpose that I've called you to. God loves a repentant heart. God loves us when we can get back to the point where we can actually recognize that that we are wrong. You know, but um, sometimes the great anointing in our lives also expose our character. Our character needs to grow so that it can sustain the anointing upon our lives. And my um, message to you this morning is that even though, you know, we want to get God, to put God first and we want to hear his voice, you're not the only one that hears his voice. (laughs) That there's many, there's 7,000 other prophets in Israel that is serving God wholeheartedly. The stakes are high to put God first. Success or failure, acceptance or rejection, vindication or humiliation, life or death happens when you step out and put God first and you allow him to speak to you and you act upon the command of God. And it leads to victory and great revival. But um, the challenge that we have is that um, our contribution is not the only contribution and, uh, and, and this is what's so beautiful about God's commitment to, um, to Elijah. He then speaks to him. He says to him, listen, um, there's other people as well. And, uh, and we know the progress of what happens in a person's life um, that get offended um, in this. They start to um, also criticize the uh, the efforts of others <laughs> they start to uh, actually criticize everyone and everything that's happening around them because they feel that nobody's listening to their contribution and this is exactly what happens to Elijah Elijah feels that nobody recognizes the contribution that I bring to Israel at this time i've called a drought i've um, been the one who sought out the um, the Baal prophets. I'm the one who stands for God. I'm the one who do great exploits for God. And yet, what happens? I get the warning signs from, um, from Jezebel. I'm the one who must run for my life. I'm the one who... And as soon as opposition comes, we run from the very things that um, God wants to do in and through our lives. And so... The problem is just that, when we are the only people hearing from God, we start to analyze other people's contributions around us. And this is what, um, what Elijah is busy doing. Is it Elijah is saying, listen, these other prophets, what are they doing for God? <laughs> um, what are the, What is the great things that they've contributed? And yet all that God wants to bring him to is a place of understanding that, mm-hmm. Elijah, I've called you for mighty things. I've, I've, I've called you to be a mighty man of God, as long as you can be humble enough to recognize that you are not the perfect man yet. <laughs> and so the blessing of putting God first is a warning for us this morning as well is that God always move with us collectively in a humble approach to recognize God work in my life. You know, there was people in the past that I've sat with, they would say to me, you know what? Um, This and this and this is what people come and complain to me always about. And um, I, um, You know, I don't know what to say to them. My only question to those people always is, are you, when people leave from you, are they serving God better? Are they connected to God better than they've been before? What is the fruit in your existence and fragrance that you are spreading when you are interacting with people around you? Are you criticizing everything and everyone around you, or are you the superman <laughs> that wants to, um, to criticize everything so that you can look better? And this is what Elijah's um, challenge is. to recognize that actually, Elijah, you're not that perfect. <laughs> There's things in your life that you must work at. Um, and so when it gets to the body of Christ, one of the challenges that I see that we must get in order is to uh, to recognize that there's other people that think differently even than myself, um, and, uh, and there's a contribution that they are making that is going to supplement me. Mm. So uh, whenever people come to complain about leaders, for instance, I, my first question is, what did you do if you are so sensitive about the issue? what did you do to actually cover that leader? Because clearly, you know, there was one guy that came to me. He said to me, you know, uh, I've got a problem because the, the pastor in the church is not that pastoral. It's always just, you know, there with vision and big things. And I said, you know what? Let's have a conversation about this. This very same pastor that you're talking about is fulfilling the gifting upon his life. And clearly if people are coming to you and they have a um, they feel comfort being comforted by you, then you must be the solution to the problem and the, the, the gifting that is short in this church. And as soon as we could have the conversation about okay listen whenever there's a problem are you the solution or are you the very one to criticize? And, um, and f- for me, the blessing lies within when the body of Christ starts to work together and we see ourselves and even within um, you know, the body uh, moving together as supplementary to one another. And this is the lesson that we learned from um, Elijah's life. Elijah, yes, you can hear the voice of God. (laughs) But Elijah, you've got a few giftings that is not, you know, that is short of the perfect picture that God wants for your life. Yes, Elijah, you clearly um, can do mighty exploits for God. But Elijah, you must be humble enough to know that people around you are going to supplement you in that which God wants to do in your life. So in conclusion, I want to just leave it with you this morning. All of us, you know, are gifted and called and chosen from God as long as we recognize that we are called together to fulfill God's plan and purpose um, as people. So the first thing, you are called by God and no one else can oppose that. God will apply you as Equals. wills. Can we just quickly get to that slide? You are called by God and no one can oppose that. God will apply you as He wills. You know, the most beautiful thing for me when we go into the streets is to re- see the response that Elizabeth um, spoke about. God loves you and He has an amazing plan for your life. And to see how people respond to that. Because you know what? Most people feel worthless. We don't even want to recognize it, but guys, there's a place that God wants to um, even reach into your life to uh, come and confirm the things that he's called you to. But step out and don't wait for it to happen. Start to uh, to be the person that God has called you to. Um, God has chosen you. He's anointed you. He's going to use you very effectively. Secondly, be willing to be used and to grow into a maturity of character that will sustain your anointing. Stop using the blind spots in your life as an excuse and and even deflect (laughs) your shortcomings on other people around you, start to be honest about what you should work at. There's Egypt moments, there's wilderness moments that God is going to bring us to now that we will have to be honest about the growth that God wants to do, okay? We can't always just stay the same. (laughs) And the more you deny what God wants to do in your life, the longer it's going to take to get to the promise that he wants to fulfill in your life. So thirdly, of those God anoint and appoint, he expects much. It is tough. It is hard to fulfill a life of purpose in God. I'm not going to lie to you this morning. To fulfill that which God has called you to is going to be hard work. But when you find the purpose of God in your life, there's nothing else that matters. Because you know that this is the very same thing that God has um, uh, birthed made me to to be um, in life. Number four, the enemy will always try to counterfeit your anointing to ensnare you. God uses the winter months in our lives to remove the weeds. So my message to you this morning is, guys, we're talking about tough stuff here. Um, but we need to grow up, <laughs> and the only place that we um, can find ourselves in is to actually be honest about the winter months and what it means in our lives, because if we're not going to uproot the right stuff now, the enemy is going to have a field day to always steal from our lives. Okay, there must be a willingness to say, listen, God, please, I want to reflect on the things that I've that I've got wrong in the past, because I I want to I want to be free in this season of my life. I want to be at a place of freedom where I can live. Number five, you are not the only one called from God. Okay, this is important. <laughs> and it's and I always see it in the church, and I'm not, I'm not in this church. I know you guys are amazing. Okay, so please don't feel condemned this morning. Um, I'm uh, building blocks here for the future. Okay, so, so please don't... Uh, <laughs> Um, but guys, the, I've said it before, but I'm going to say it again. The prophetic guy says we are not praying enough and we're not listening to God's voice enough. Okay. The children's church people say we're not um, emphasizing children's church enough. Okay. The the guys that wants to disciple, you know, they say, no, we're not discipling enough. Um, the guys that um you know that's um pastoral says no we 're not fellowshipping enough you know we must so if you see it, guess what <laughs> okay we We are busy getting somewhere this morning. <laughs> Thanks, Audrey. You, you're connecting the dots here. <laughs> I'm still trying to uh, beat around the bush, but uh, Audrey is straight. <laughs> if you see it, you've got the job, okay? <laughs> but I'm serious this morning. Guys, listen, that's how the body works. <laughs> um, but don't have a super, Superman mentality and think that because you've got a little revelation now, you've got it all together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do your bit. Be faithful in that and you will see how God is going to flourish that little flame to become a felt fire. Um, But it, it takes effort to actually um, recognize that, okay, I see my brother is doing it a, a whole lot different <laughs> and he's concerned about a lot of things that I'm not concerned about, but that doesn't make him wrong. It just means that he's got a role to play that I don't have. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but guess what? If the church is not pastoral enough and you are pastoral, what's the job that you must fulfill? Come with a plan. Okay. Because God has anointed and placed you here and chosen you to fulfill that job. And so I can go through all of the ministries today. But what I want to say to you is you are not the only one called from God. Okay. You're not the only one that's hearing God's voice. And, and to the prophets in the house, I want to say, you're also not the only one that, that's right. okay? Uh, because the prophets many times are offended, like Elijah, and they uh, go into the wilderness and they are now um, fed up with their, their leaders because the leaders are not giving them the platform and not listening to, uh, to their heed. And all that I'm saying is, listen, none of us <laughs> you know, have the liberty in being the only right person. The blessing of it is that um, as we collectively hear from God, God shapes and forms. And he molds us and he grows with us and he leads us uh, to a place of fullness. Number six, don't criticize others and their contribution. Examine the fruit in your own life. Okay? So um, so if, um, if you... Um, criticize others, first make sure to uh, examine your own life and evaluate if there's really the kind of fruit in you. So you we've, we've had it this week again. People have a lot to say about, you know, how church must look like, <laughs> you know, and how, um, you know, um, uh, living for Christ and Christianity must look like. But as soon as you ask, but okay, so the very same thing that you are now telling me is that happening in your life (laughs) the challenge is that most of the times those people that are so verbal about um, all the changes and things that they want to see happen are not the same people that wants to make the change to to get there (laughs) so for us as a community of believers and i want to say to you um very upfront is that um the beauty of the season that um that god brings us too, as the body, and, and, and I, I see it collectively, so please um, uh, bear with me this morning as I um, also see this as a, as a big challenge in the church today, okay, the global church, um, is again, we, um, we don't even give one another as churches the room to be unique in, in our own contribution, Uh, To the point that we will be able to um, to all contribute to what what God wants um, in the kingdom Let's just quickly stand this morning. I know this is a a conversation that we are having Um, um, I Know this is a conversation that we are having and it's um, it's a tough one because, you know, last week I, I spoke to the pastors in I was speaking to the people that are, you know, so excited about um, fighting on behalf of the people that they sometimes miss the, the will of God. Today I'm talking about the very same people that hear the voice of God, but um, forget about others' com- contributions. Um, and we'll be speaking about a few other anointings that um, that is happening in the church but guys, it's so important that we start addressing these things in our own lives, that we are honest with ourselves, and um, and that we at least come to a point where um, God can start to flow through all of us um, and start to fulfill the promise that He has. And I'm going to trust you now to go to the person next to you. Um, don't freak, Johan. He's he's new, so please, uh, <laughs> Johan. You can relax. <laughs> okay, um, Sofiso, you can um, can yeah. maybe um, get to to Johan. Sofiso is a pa- pastor at heart, so he won't defend you. Um, I guess that the most important thing this morning is is just to to actually. Stop criticizing the guy that you are going to pray for now and to to just see him for who he is in Christ and to start to appreciate him or her for... So don't... I I know social distancing and all these things. You just want to do it toward your spouse. But I'm going to trust this morning that you're actually going to reach out to somebody else and just keep your distance. um, uh, Keep your mask on. uh, But... Trust God even for a word for that person. Um, commend them for who they are in Christ. And, um, and just speak God's life over them. Okay, It's time that we start to recognize that we are not the only anointed of God. Are you with me? God has a plan. He's got a purpose for all of us. It's us walk out in faith. Father, we stand before you this morning because we only seen part, but also Father, because we know that we've been chosen by you. But Father God, we, we are definitely not perfect yet. There's so many things that you want to still fulfill in our lives. And this morning, Father God, we bring our hurt um, before you, Father God. We are very same gifting, sometimes get neglected, it gets, um, Father, even opposed. It's sometimes Father God is um, not even recognized. And Father, we feel worthless in the kingdom of God. And Father, this morning, we bring those hurts to you. Father, even our offenses with you. Father, why are we not seeing breakthrough and anointings happening in our lives? And Father, why are we not seeing um, the kind of results that, um, that we want to see? And we bring our winters to you even this morning. Father, we want to declare that we also recognize that um, the winters that you've created in our lives father is there for a purpose That father God you want to actually uproot all of the roots that is not of you and so this morning in the name of Jesus I pray as we pray for one another that you will be here that you will even release a prophetic um, word father from our mouths so that we will be able to speak into other people's lives and see them coming to their fruition. We pray this in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. So quickly turn to somebody else, people, and uh, let us let's just this morning trust God to, to pray over one another. Okay.